Hello everyone and welcome back for some more freshly brewed drag tea. Today I have with me a fabulous UK performer who wowed us with his personality and fashion when he competed on season 4 of Drag Race UK. I'm super excited for you all to get to know him better and learn more about his amazing journey in drag. We'll of course be talking all things Drag Race and I'll be asking some of the amazing questions you all sent in. Please join me in welcoming the always entertaining LaFille. Hello, how are you doing? It's LaFille, I'm here to fill up your screen. It, it's a great name and it really, it does really fit in with so many things. Fill up your screen, like it's so many. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Compliments, I love it. How are you? I love I love the look, by the way. You're giving me almost like very glamorous kind of Cruella de Vil maybe with this. I feel like she's my inner like goddess waiting to come out. I like Cruella de Vil, black and white clothing, I've always loved. And yeah, I think, do you know, like when I'm dressing my my like my room, my lip, how I dress is always monochrome, like black and white, and then all this like type of shades in between, really. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, quite often they say the villains are the most glamorous ones, so. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to challenge, right? Like, you don't necessarily have to be a villain to look this evil. <laughs> well, no, you look Always amazing. breaking boundaries, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look amazing. I love the look. And I think, yeah, you, you can never go too far wrong with monochromatic. It always looks good. Yeah, no, completely. Like, I, I like trying to flirt with those boundaries and binaries that's the thing that I like to do right so but I love black and white very graphic it's all about textures oh my god I feel like Trini from Trini and Susanna right now it's all about textures and silhouettes and you see I'm surrounded by all my black and white textures it's part it's of my world theme. you're on theme very <laughs> well thank you so much for being here I know obviously my audience was so excited to to hear from you I think a lot of people felt as though you were kind of maybe the underrated one on season four. And I think we didn't get to see enough from you. So they were really excited to hear more about you. So I was just wondering if perhaps you could give us a little bit of an introduction to LaVille and sort of tell us how you got into drag and where this kind of, you know, obviously you talk about um, like non-binary and playing with gender, where that all kind of comes from and your name as well. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot of questions in one go. I'm going to completely forget. So I'm going to just start. <laughs> You'll have to poke me along the way. Uh, so I am an artist first and foremost. I'm from Yorkshire. I'm from Brighouse. And back up there, I always used to be making art and and sculptures and, and trying to write songs and music and stuff. And it was always about, um, I think, like creating a world for myself, like that extended out of Brighouse. Because when you come from a small working class town, it's always like, where can your imagination take you? So I think that was always what sort of stimulated my work in a way. I always want to be a pop star on MTV, follow this in the footsteps of the Spice Girls and Kylie and Beyonce, all that type of stuff. So I think I had grand dreams for a boy from Brighouse. And um, and step by step, I was like, how do I achieve that? Because there's like nothing that you can do up north, really. There's no, you, there's not really much of a scene. You don't get to meet that many people. So it was all about how can I get down to London and do some stuff too? So it'd be... Literally, I went to study art um, and that was the way that I could get the finance to come down to London and just start infiltrating all the like different pockets of culture in London. And um, so, yeah, I would study art by day, go out in nightclubs by night, seven days a week, 
spending all my student loan, just trying to get to know what London's like and meeting different people. And I think from that point, really sort of really honed my inner self up in Brighouse that I couldn't set free. It was all this stuff about being expressing my gender in new ways expressing who I am as a Chinese person like and all that type of stuff in London sort of let it free really it was like a catalyst so I think that was a natural evolution so when on the show when I talk about how like even my long hair is like a natural evolution of my drag it's, it is like a natural evolution of our expression and of our authentic self so um so landing onto drag race i was like oh my god is a drag queen like me able to come to like drag race sometimes i don't even think i'm a drag queen you know what i mean it's more like a, a sculptor and um uh an artist in a way that's how i sort of view it um so yeah perhaps that might not have fit with like the realms of drag race which is maybe why you didn't see as much as me and even like the way that i politically talk about how when I'm in full glam, I'm still a he, him, they, like, um, that's my pronouns on the show. And loads of, I always get loads of questions as well on Reddit where I'm like, did they just like shade him by like, call, did Alan Carr just call him a he on the runway? <laughs> and it is, and I'm sad that it wasn't discussed on the show because I did talk about it a lot in the confessionals where I do think that for me, because I've always been misgendered up north, in Pret-a-Manger, in the bathrooms where they're like, Madam, you're in the wrong toilet. I'm like, I'm not. I'm totally not in the wrong toilet. And <laughs> I will literally reassert my sort of uh, masculinity in a way. And the fact that like the expression of gender can be done in so many ways. So I want to break those molds in everyday life. And um, so, yeah, so on the show, that was just the extension of that is as femme as I look, and as experimental I can get with different looks, I can still be a he, him, they, like, on the show. So, um, yeah, that was my little political rebellion. <laughs> it was really I think, yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to see you talk about that sort of stuff more on the show. You did mention it a little bit, but I thought you were just like, a really fascinating contestant because there hasn't really been a contestant quite like you on at least UK, maybe even in general, because you use he, him, pro or they pronouns, like, all the time even in drag which is not quite what is usually the case on drag race or in in drag in general you have long hair but you also are very open about being sort of like very gender fluid and, and it's like I thought you were so interesting and then you came across as being like very hyper sort of glamorous and everything and then you'd sort of be really like silly and funny and you like did weren't taking yourself too seriously which again is not quite what we're used to seeing so I just thought you were really interesting I was like oh my god like this is such a cool person <laughs> thank you that's how that is my day-to-day -day life like want to be glam but I'm definitely still from Yorkshire so you've very much got the down-to-earthness <laughs> yeah because I mean so you said you mentioned you're from Brick House which is where um Davina DeCampo is also from right so yes. Did you do you two know each other? We do. Like literally, we went to the same high school and Davina was in a few years, but Davina wasn't Davina back then, still like called Owen and was in, I think maybe, maybe I can't count how many years. More than one hand, but a few years above me. I think they were in sixth form and I was in first year. But we both basically joined the choir which was like the school choir. I was a bass baritone and she was always singing opera, like literally the tenor, super tenor, literally only dogs can hear type of tenor. And I still hadn't really like hit my puberty section yet, but my voice was like deep already. And uh, so yeah, we were in choir. There was only like four guys in there and then the rest were just like 
I think maybe about 40 girls and maybe just four like bass and tenor section and we were in it. Um, but in my year was Paris, who's Davina's sister, who was also on the show, who was pregnant at the time. So we're sort of like really amazing group of friends, like best friends from up north. And um, so, yeah, it was I was trying to keep it a secret from her that I was on the show as well, because I was like, oh, my God, how can I tell Karis that also I'm on the show, too, not just a brother. Um, so, yeah, it is a small, tiny world up in Brighouse. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And it's, uh, yeah, and I I kind of did see a similarity in terms of you and Davina. Obviously, not only do you have like, a similar accent because you're from the same place, but you both have this kind of really fun attitude and you're both like quite funny. You don't take yourself too seriously. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's a brick house thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to have a sense of humour if you're coming from up north, <laughs> like in a tiny town. <laughs> Why is everything in London? <laughs> like literally. Um, but yeah, I think that's both, oh, oh, both Davina and I like were very creative within our school. And, and I think we were both also visibly very gay. And queer and um and i think i always looked up to davina because i was like they are so proud and so defiant and like unapologetically them and i think that was something when i entered high school i was like oh my god this is like this is who i want to be as well we're like we have to stick together in a school like this where you do get bullied um and i think Actually, I think when I was back at school, people bullied me less for being gay and Chinese, but more for being a SWAT. <laughs> that was more, they were like, oh, it's the geek again. And uh, I think I sort of fulfilled those expectations of being a Chinese SWAT, <laughs> maybe. But, um, but yeah, like we literally, it was, it's funny because we're both in the same area, but our styles of drag and our like expression of gender is so completely different as well. Um, and we, we do come from different points, which also shows that even within just the two gay people from like from our school, like there's such a wide scope of drag and we're not the same. And and I think for a show like Drag Race, like exhibit 12 different people, like we're all so different this season. And um, that was what was really special about being cast on this show for me, like especially this season. Whereas like, I felt like I could offer a different perspective and a different angle on what drag means to a lot of different people, especially non-binary people and queer people. So, Yeah, you you definitely were like great representation because you a lot of different stuff. Like it, well, you were representing not only sort of like Chinese and Asian queens, but also like non-binary queens that use he, him pronouns. Your style was also quite different to a lot of other people's. And I think you were... And also being from up north as well, it's like it's, it's a lot of things. It's not just London people that compete. So I think it's it was really cool to have representation like you on the show. Um, and so your name, can you sort of explain where that kind of comes from? Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, the film. Um, I think, oh, my God, the long story is even like back at school when you do you know, like when you're texting messages and, and you try to sign off and Philip's too long. So I shortened it to P-H-I-L. And I was like, no, I need an extra character. So then it's shortened to F-I-L. <laughs> and then that's like, that's the starting of Phil. And then for me, like it was the idea of um, I want to be a sculpture. So it'd be like the Phil or like the Phil in a way. And so I was like, oh, maybe I want to use that. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, it's also like the masculine appropriation of Lafie, which is the girl. And I was like, I want to be the masculine appropriation of that. I want to play with those gender roles. And um and so I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And I was like, but I need to like research it a bit more. And then in French, it does mean the thread, 
which I was like, oh my God, this is like perfect because it marries together and weaves through all my different disciplines, through all my, like I did ceramics, I did this, that, drag, fashion, music, um, gender, like, and I try and be the thing that marries everything together so that Lafille is the center point of all this stuff. So it's neither binary, it's always in the center. So yeah, that's my name. <laughs> No, it, it's a cool name. And when when you when you you came in and I sort of read your name, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's the French thing because it's like it's using the masculine pronoun la, which is um, and then obviously fee, which means girls. So it's sort of a mix, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of I don't know if you know the singer La Rue. Mm-hmm. Yes, completely. And it's kind of a similar vibe that it's like an androgynous because La Rue is like mixing the masculine and the feminine. I thought that was a really cool thing. And for you, it really worked out, especially it being thread as well. That's kind of for a, for a queen. It's kind of, you know. Oh my God. I'm so glad you picked up it because literally when I first moved to London in those first couple of years, La Rue was massive like around that time. And, and I was like thinking, how amazing to have such like an androgynous person who's in pop culture and music. And there was such an inspiration. And there's also a, a French artist called Camille who has a, an album called Le Phil. and I was listening to that at the time as well I was like oh she's singing about me and <laughs> she wasn't at all and uh, but all around that time through like osmosis of all the different things I was picking up and the and art school like education like I was thinking how do I make myself into the sculptor as well as being a sculptor like there's that idea of being able to craft yourself and and shape your life and your identity in the way that an artist would. And so I think it was around that time that all this started to sort of come into fruition and, um, and it started blossoming. But it wasn't drag. Even back, like, back then, like for me, it was just about expressing new ways of gender, like new ways of expressing gender and finding new paths to like go down. Because I think I've always looked at like all the men and all the sort of people that I grew up around or see on TV. And I was like, there must be a new, like, I don't feel like I fit into that. So there must be a new way to like do all this. So when I was in London and exploring all that, I was like, yes, uh, this is me. And yeah, it's just been an evolution since then. <laughs> I guess I say, I guess you're always growing and you're always sort of developing and everything. And so, but we were very happy that you got to go on Drag Race because it meant that we got to, you know, find out more about you and see your journey. And I think it was, like I said earlier, a great representation to have someone like you that sort of was it ticked so many boxes and was just so sort of non-binary in lots of senses because you were just completely different to a lot of other people, which I found really refreshing. Um, so had you, speaking of Drag Race, had you applied to go on any of the previous seasons? I was I was asked to apply like for season one and I didn't because um, I just didn't feel like it was uh, ready for me at that point. And also season two as well, I didn't. I've never, yeah, I've never until season three when I split up with someone around November and I was like I need someone to take my mind off this <laughs> and <laughs> literally and I was like and I had just I sent in an application and then I got the like the self-tape requirements and I was like wow this is gonna take a week so I'd already been putting it off and putting it off until and then accidentally accidentally split up with someone like the week of the, when the casting tape was due so I was like well I'm going to do this for me. I need something to take my mind off it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, audition for season three and the tea. Oh God, can I even talk about this? I think so. It's been a year since season three. I was cast as an alternate for season three. And, um, and 
I, there was never a question really about going on the cast unless someone got COVID. So I prepared for that. And then it was, okay, obviously no one got ill and it was all good. And so then, yeah, I was like, okay, I need to, I think I need to do season four. Even though like the casting tape process is such a long thing to do. It's like producing the whole show by yourself in like a space of a week. Um, And, but yeah, auditioning for season four. And then they were like, okay, this is your time. So I was like, Yay! It's really pleased. It's been, it was a long journey. <laughs> no, I can, it, it's it's a huge undertaking from what I've heard, you know, the tape and all the rest of it. It's a massive um, undertaking to do that. So interesting to hear that you were an alternate for season three. I did wonder, because I, I imagine that probably happens to quite a few queens that they're alternate. I've never really heard about it. And I think actually, like, I don't, actually, I don't even know how much I have to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, it's been a year since season three, but like, um, yeah, I think around that time, because everyone, for any project, so I was, there's loads of projects that I was approached to sort of look at where there would be alternates because of COVID. Like there were so many running factors in productions where like if someone pulls out, then the whole production goes. Like there was so many things happening around that time. There was shoots that I was penciled for that were like, someone's the heroes got poorly we can't do it anymore so there were so many things i think that one specifically was like a a very challenging um time to do anything for for season three cast so yeah i did do (laughs) i I did prepare for that too but yeah (laughs) so does that mean so for season three did you get all the outfits ready as well then for every single oh wow so all the money you must have spent doing that as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, like, it was, around that time, there wasn't very much you could do. Or that you can't leave your house. You can't go, you can't get public transport. There wasn't very, and so for me, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take this time and try and do it, most of the stuff myself. And because there's not really much else I could do, like, there's no, uh, there's nothing else going on. And I was like, I can really throw myself at this. And, but yeah, it was really difficult. It was, um, uh, basically they, when I got the call, they already, it wasn't like, um, they hadn't said you might be in the cat. It literally was like, would you consider being an alternate for us? And I was like, mm, I don't know if I, I don't know. And then, then I thought about it and I was like, well, yeah, what I've got to lose is that like, I can make some stuff, but it turned out that trying to make loads of stuff in a short space of time is really stressful. <laughs> and, like, and I hadn't done it before. Like, so I was like, this is wild. So yeah, it was, um, it was really tough. But what they, they had said was that um, we think that like your personality can like fit with anyone. So like, you'd be great, but we do have a cast already set. And then I think it was then this year when they were like, this is your year. Like, if you, like you should audition. And I was like, okay then then it was sort of worth it like because it was a long process in the end it's been like two years so yeah <laughs> well obviously we're glad that you did get on um and so when you then when you for season four I assume you then got told you were not an alternate you were definitely on the cast um so then I guess you had to get ready again which you maybe you'd already had some practice doing that for season three but you had to get obviously all the outfits ready and everything um do you make your outfits or did you get designers to do it both like so um I mean from the experience of the first time I was like I'm not gonna make everything (laughs) I was like literally like 
I think the way that I create is like an artist where like you, you, you try and experiment with things and you improve on it and you develop the idea. And it's like proper R and D per outfit. And there's like, there's at least 10 runways where there's, uh, you know, there's, Maybe that, let's say there's 10 to 20 looks that you need to create. And that's the time that I've got to prepare. I was like, I don't think I can do that whole like R&D phase per outfit for 10 to 20 looks. So I did outsource help and like try and get um, people to help me make things. I've got my sister on board as well. Like, and, um, and with each designer, like I approached people who fit the concept that I had. So I, I spent loads of time like creating concepts like, um researching that that was that was the main bulk of time really because i was like i want to get my statements right and my messages from my runways because every runway for me is an artwork it's like a it's a message from my heart to the audience so it has to like represent me in the best way so um i spent loads of time figuring out the right things like for the keeping it 100 for the bbc like what represents me from bbc all that type of stuff like all the different thought patterns and um so once I had that, I approached the right people for each job. And I was like, can you help me? This is my idea. This is how I want it to look. And then, yeah, with different designs, we did different methods of creating the looks. And But most of the looks, I would be cycling around London, trying to get different fabric swatches, like going like from east to west to south, just literally from fitting to fabric hunting and trying to find like it was the most creative time I've had. <laughs> But it was so wild. My thighs were as bulky as f from doing all the cycling. I was healthy. <laughs> also, I guess it's so you were not only getting ready for drag race, but you were also getting fit and getting big thighs. So. Yeah, and really improving my cycling skills. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it sounds like it's a huge undertaking, obviously, to get ready for drag race. But we're very glad that you did. And I think talking about your looks, I think I, I think I speak for a lot of people. I um, your looks on Drag Race. I always thought all of them were really fun. You had a really interesting perspective on each one. And I will say, I think a lot of the time your fashion went really underrated with like the judges or the other contestants or the audience. Like sometimes I was like, who's got the best outfit on the runway and no one's talking about it. So I was wondering if you ever felt that way, that you ever felt like kind of, I don't know, overlooked a little bit with your fashion? Um, do you know what? Not with... I didn't feel overlooked with the fashion actually mainly because maybe mm, I have to think week by week now about what I showed. Um, Cause actually most of the time there was a lot of comments which weren't shown, but they were always really complimentary about my runways, which is why I think I, I managed to stay as long as I did. I feel like I think in episode four with the improv challenge, that was the one where both baby and I were like, Oh, we felt a bit like thrown to the wolves a bit. And, um, but luckily for me, like my, outfit my runway outfit saved me for that week and then I think that happened again the, the week after so I think in that sense that actually the judges really loved what I brought for the runway and and really understood that they were all really considered artworks um and that they've all got stories and they're all like do you know when I, when I talking about the looks like I create them a bit like an when you think about an album like a of different singles and stuff and there's there's going to be a journey of different thoughts and everything and light and shade so i approached the whole of the drag race experience like that so that each runway was like okay what color is that is that going to be what message is that is that a bit of the humor or is that a bit more serious like all that type of stuff um which is why i think 
they they did understand that, and I think they got that. Um, which I'm which I'm really pleased about. And I know that viewers as well saw it as well. So regardless of what judges thought, you you can see it on screen and like, and I really appreciate that. So what I think what I was most good about was not being able to show everything, and it wasn't about like, um, I mean it's always about getting to the top four or or, or that type of like journey. But for me, it was about showing my creations that was always it it was about how can i get like my ideas to audiences and i think yeah part of my like my sorrow was not being able to show even the final set of outfits because i had an amazing one for the ruffles which is um all about lady ruffles and about the fleshiness and celebrating like womanhood and like femininity and the vagina and like serving you literal c-u-n-t and um and like so something like that i was like that was the ultimate like runway devoted to femininity and i didn't get to show it and i was like oh and then the week after was the punk one where i basically created like an anti-capitalist <laughs> uh, mound of shirts that I had pulled off from businessmen that i had corrupted <laughs> and like so that was my punk week as well so i was like there's Actually, it was only really those two, <laughs> and then um, and then I was back again for like the the finale with my one. So yeah, it was always about how I can show all these creations, and I'm lucky the judges actually really loved them. So it's good. Yeah, your no, your fashion was always great, and you always had a really interesting point of view. And I think I yeah, a lot of them I think were I feel like a little bit underrated, or at least people just maybe didn't appreciate it for the beauty that they were. And I was like, some of them, I was like, that's the best outfit there. And they're not, they're, they're saying it's nice, but then they're praising someone else. I'm like, well, this one's just as good. But do you think, yeah. did you yeah. have a sense in general that maybe not just your fashion, but you were slightly underrated on the season? Uh, yeah, that one I sort of felt. And it was, I mean, all, I, th I think I've mentioned this before that sometimes it didn't feel like it was about overlooking me, but it was about favoriting others and prioritizing others. And and I felt that throughout 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 the process. Um and 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 in a way, like I think from my my nature, my personality isn't to try and step on any toes or to like bring anyone else down in in that context like to go why are you saying that <laughs> why are you saying that about her when actually you could be looking at it? like I'm like okay if this is what you think then so be it and and then during that process I think I was going a bit delusional like going oh f like maybe I got it all wrong and that like this is what I'm doing is great at all it's awful because they seem to be liking other stuff which would be like trashed in other seasons and like or like critiqued way harsher and then and it was actually only coming out of the process and watching it back with you all, you guys, where I'm hearing you all going, actually, no, that was really good. I was like, oh my God, thank <laughs> i like, my faith is restored. Like, yeah, I definitely felt like, yeah, it was more about favoriting others rather than overlooking me, per se. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective, and I like I I agree. I think, and I can see what you mean in terms of like you got the validation from the audience when you watched it back, and you were like, "Oh no, actually, like I am really good." And you start to self doubt when you don't have other feedback because obviously, when you're doing when you're filming it, no one's telling you that apart from the judges or maybe the other queens. But it's when you watch it back, you get all of this love on social media and everything. So that must be really nice. Um, when you said about the favoritism from other queens do you, or towards other queens were there any in particular you felt were being favorited over you um 
I think you could sort of see it from the edit, really, like, about which, <laughs> like, yeah, I, th I think in general, I think you can, you can sort of see it. It wasn't like, there's not like a specific, there's not one specific person, it was just very specific people. <laughs> like, and I think, like, in loads of words, this isn't me, like, giving the inside gossip, but I think, like, from reading other stuff, it, every, from reading opinions and stuff and comments where they're like, we feel like the film just basically surprised the judges and they've clung on for dear life and managed to stay far longer than what they were anticipating them to. <laughs> and which is like, and I was like, I, I I don't know about that. Like, I feel like they sort of did see where, like, my strengths and everything, but um, there was just very clear, like, favourites that they wanted to, like, see through, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, from the edit, you're going to tell. I think... Like I said, I think you were very like you were really good at like lots of the challenges, but I think there was a few things where you where you sort of stumbled a little bit, and like oh. it was, I think maybe you had a little bit of bad luck in the sense that like the improv and snatch game like came quite quickly, and there was a lot of acting and comedy challenges which you sort of said that you struggled with, and I kind of I was like, yeah, but if they didn't have that in a row, you probably would have smashed it. So it's yeah, kind of I think well on that as well, like acting and comedy isn't like isn't a like. A, a weakness for me like I actually love acting comedy however celebrity improv like the type of like the the type of thing that people do at dinner parties where they like that's not the type of stuff that I do in terms of like quick but acting stuff I love acting that's why I would have loved to do the acting challenge like I've done musical theater that's why I was good at musicals and like and there's like that level of acting comedy and I think like the improv um that was the one where, that was the challenge where I was like oh okay like this is how where things are going because in another I, I don't know how much to say. in another world obviously I didn't only go on to that scene to say two lines like there was loads of other like funny things and in another world Alan was himself laughing at some things that we're doing and then so when we're getting on to the critiques and then I hear that he was like oh I just smiled I didn't laugh I was like huh inside I was like what and then like so then I was like what's going on and then so then I was like do you know what that's probably his recollection of events so then I was like okay maybe I've got a different recollection of events we, we'll just have to accept it as it is like there's no way I'm going to challenge this at all so I was like okay well I didn't think I did as badly as that and I knew that wasn't as good as what as the first team as soon as the first team went we were all of us were like oh my god like, because it was so funny. I was wetting myself. I just wish I could watch them for the rest of the time. Um, but yeah, I think after that improv challenge, I was like, okay, I feel like they want me out. And then, so then, musicals challenge, I was like, I can't give them one single second of film. <laughs> like, there can't be, like, anything that could be debatable about whether or not it was done badly. And um, so I worked so hard on that, like to sort of, I got the most hardest role in terms of the amount of words, delivery, like all that type of stuff. I didn't get like given quite a lot of direction at all. And I was sort of left to sort of fend for myself in terms of that. And I was like, I'm going to work hard at this and give it my everything and make sure it's amazing. And then I think when, once then when I ended up in the bottom again for that, I was like, okay, I'm going home the next episode. <laughs>
<laughs> like because I felt like there was there wasn't anything more I could do already by that point and um so yeah so whatever episode it was going to be and then it turned out to be snatch game and I was like okay I'm definitely going because literally I already knew that me and Pepper were like we didn't yeah this wasn't going to be our forte especially for me then after the improv one I was like seeing how that went down and I was like okay our senses of humor aren't going to be like matching up and um so yeah so by the time I knew it was going to be me and Pepper then I was like okay I'm definitely going home <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So I was just like, I'm just going to have fun throughout all those days of filming the Snatch Game episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. And it kind of made me think about, you know, the, the edit, I suppose, because you mentioned about in the improv challenge, maybe there were bits that were cut out that actually showed you being funnier. But then if they want to make it look like you're doing worse than you are, they're only going to show the worst bits of you. Is that how you felt about it? Did you feel as though they were kind of editing it to make you look worse than you were to justify you then leaving or being eliminated. I mean, I, I never want to say it because I always hear that song in the back of my head go, you blame it on the edit. Don't blame it. And it's like, but do you know what? There's like countless days of footage that you have to squeeze into one hour. So there is going to be an edit, right? You're going to have to choose which bits go in. And, um, and obviously there's an edit of that conversation. Like it, the, the real time of that would be far much longer and you'd see everything, right? So, um, so yeah, so I think there definitely was an edit, and that's not a shade to anyone like like saying I'm blaming on the edit for my like bad because yeah, I definitely wasn't as funny as the other ones, but I also wasn't categorically bad either. So it was like, and and I and I get that, and of and also oh my god, so oh my god, I don't know how much I can say, but I didn't have, have any time to prepare. Like I had one hour to like from getting that script to get ready, get into that character, and get in the zone and deliver. So, you know, it's not long at all to, like, do everything. So I feel like I did as best as I could. <laughs> you no, know, I I think, I will be honest, in the the improv challenge, because you were, like, the, the doctor or whatever, I was like, that's a hard role, because you're basically having to be the serious, like, doc. And, like, I don't know, it was just, it was a bit of a weird setup, I thought, compared to some of the other um, improv people. Like, their storyline was just a lot naturally funnier and it was, I don't know, I kind of felt bad for you. I was like, well, that's a really weird role to get and if you're not comfortable with that to start with, then I can see why that's an even harder challenge. So I did feel bad for you. I was like, well, what could she really do? With, uh, sorry, what could he really do with that role? Like, that's... Well, all I remember, like, I I mean, I don't, it was my fault for choosing that role anyway, if it is, if that's the case. It's like Dr. Lafeline was the 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 crux of it all. But I do remember, like, um, oh, my God, who was judging that week? It was, oh, my God, I can't, I can't remember who was judging that week. But um, they basically said, you are a really believable doctor. And I was like, okay, thanks. And they're like, and they were like, you might, like, it might not have been the funniest. Like, but everything needs like light and shade. And I was like, yeah, I get that. Like, because that's what I'm bringing is I'm bringing improv challenge as a believable doctor who can give you prescribed, like give you scenarios and stuff, which is so dumb about tongue space time continuums and stuff like that. Like it was just, and I was also playing the, the Asian doctor who never ages, basically, who's who can learn anything. And like, and part of their degrees was learning about cats. <laughs> and like and and how they kiss and stuff so there was both like tongue kissing like different things going on like but yeah so it is what it is I was like yeah <laughs> I had fun. I had fun doing it so it was yeah it was just mainly the critiques where I was like oh god 
it's always I guess it's difficult you never know how it's gonna go and yeah with uh, so obviously you you were there for quite a few challenges so we can't sort of go through each of them individually but um I just wanted to sort of pick up on a on a couple of them so you you were there for basically six challenges and I think you had a really strong start because you were sort of safe win with the girl group and then you were kind of high in the design and then you kind of sort of went low low and then eliminated so you sort of you were very kind of up then down unfortunately was there a particular challenge that for you was a, a turning point where you realized that you were you were going to go home like you it wasn't your season the improv challenge yeah that was the one because I was like if things can be like if my version of not my because ver- snatch game I knew was crap <laughs> like compared to others and I was like there's so many other things because by that point I felt defeated already I think it was on where I think on improv challenge where I was like it actually categorically wasn't that bad it was it's taste of different comedies and stuff and like and I was like if it can be chosen to be viewed like that way then I don't think I'm gonna stay very much longer I think so then I think that's what I was saying by like musical challenge where I was like I gave it my all did really well and was commended for doing really well even by Hannah like musical theater pro <laughs> and she's like your de- your like um delivery was amazing like because that is a professional stuff and, blah, 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 blah. and, uh, and I was like and if after all that like I'm still like in the bottom but but they loved my outfit that was great they loved the king and I outfit um but yeah, so there were the things that saved me. So yeah, from episode four onwards, I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to start to like resign myself. But I never gave up. I was like, the whole thing about going on Drag Race was about having fun. And like, and and being able to showcase like creations and be part of like a really fun project. So there was never any like ill will towards any of the process. Like, or it was more like, okay, these things aren't connecting. Um let's see how this goes <laughs> yeah it, it, it must be difficult and it's it's difficult knowing what's going to connect and what isn't and it, it's a guessing game and a, and a lot of the time it's whatever they want in the edit as well and how it fits in you, obviously you're not going to know that so but I think you were really entertaining on the show and I I I there were I think would I be right in thinking that so the improv was kind of a turning point for you was would you say the snatch game was then the hardest challenge of all of them that you did? Um, what in terms of, uh, I didn't think it was particularly. It wasn't hard. I wished I'd prepped more. I wish I I sort of did um, like other ways of doing it. But I think halfway through filming snatch game, there were things that were going on where I was like, okay, this no matter what I do, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna work. So there was. I, I was unbuttoning my buttons down my cardigan throughout this thing. You might even see it in like the edit because it was going to be the moment where Mary rips off her cardigan. And she's like, I'm in London. And she goes for a dance. And that was like the final Strictly Come Dancing like thing that she's going to be doing. And that was how it was building up towards. But I was like, I'm not going to do it. There's like, it's not going to save her. It's not going to redeem her. And I don't want to like lower any expectations about it any further because I was like I don't want to dishonor her I think she's amazing um so there was loads of, there was different things that I was doing but I was like it ain't gonna work but having said that I'd already gone into that episode going well I feel like I'm going home anyway so there's no so that's why it wasn't difficult and I think when we're having like even the workroom chat and stuff with Bagger about 
about how to approach the thing um the challenge I was always like I'm just gonna have fun this one like in my head open brackets I already know I'm going home close brackets so I'm just gonna enjoy this process and just have fun um there's plenty more and it, and you're right it is because of the sequence of challenges if it was an acting one that week it might have been completely different and if it was the family resemblance straight away that would might have been completely different so I would, would have stayed further so, and that's the beauty of the show is the fact that there's 12 different queens completely different and it really depends on the challenges and how because there's other queens that aren't good at those other challenges that I was that I excelled at and um so like if that was later then they would be out then like so it really completely depends on the week um and how it's laid out yeah the sequence because obviously if for example if you're not a not you particularly but if you're not someone who can design and sew if that's the first week we've seen that with like Vanessa Vanjie Mateo went the first week on season 10 and then came back for season 11 and showed that she could do so much more but because of that one challenge at the beginning she was eliminated so it is it's just luck of the draw unfortunately i'm like if this is i love the fugly ball um from season three and i was like if that was like towards the end of ours as well would that have changed like the not for me but for others in the show like because it's a different set of skills once again and um so yeah so i think it's completely down to the what challenges are laid out in different areas so um so yes i so yes there were turning points for me and stuff and but it's always about just going with it and like doing the best and it's a show it's tv you know (laughs) it is and with snatch game did you because obviously i think marie kondo is actually a very interesting character to do and i can kind of see how that could be funny did you i did think it maybe was a slightly difficult choice so it's not like the obvious choice let's put it that way if you could sort of go back knowing what you know now, would you do someone completely different? Like, would you do Victoria Beckham with a Chinese accent? I think, isn't that what someone suggested? I would like, absolutely would not done? do that. <laughs> um, RuPaul, we love Ru, but she loves to mess with you when it comes to Snatch Game. Did she try that with you in the workroom? It was suggested that I should do a posh spice with a Chinese accent, because that's what I'd be good at. <laughs> Uh, yeah no I, I I definitely wouldn't do that and um and the thing was I did marry for my for my audition tape and actually it's really funny and there's like and so I was like on that basis if I could get cast then maybe it was because it was so bad that like okay we definitely want the film for snatch it in which case then you know the stars are already aligned for this um but it was actually quite a funny like um self tape so I was like I like Mary and I like the fact that she's a blank canvas to do anything really to go anywhere. Um, so yeah, it was more the fact that I think there were other ways I could approach it that were a bit more the way that I would approach runways, like think a bit more out of the box about how to do things. And because we didn't, um, snatch game, like this time was the strictly dancing one uh, as well as a normal snatch game. So for me, it was like, oh my God, how do I marry the world of tiding with the world of cha-cha? And I was like trying to think of these jokes on the go and I was like, this is so hard. And it was more like when you do the show, it's like you're 
you're the researcher, you're the script writer, you're the content, you're everything. And you're having to do all these like different skills. So I think by the time it got to that week and I was like, oh, oh, it's a strictly come, oh, but, oh, how do I do these jokes? And not having as much time to prepare. I mean, it's not in my background to do co- like co- improv comedy celebrity impersonations. Like I didn't do that at our school, unfortunately. I wish I did. Wish there was a module on that sculpture um <laughs> and so yeah it would have been really useful to have had those skills and to have been able to write quicker like jokes in that way um which is obviously other contestants do so naturally like danny's like great at like just being so witty and really quick even though that challenge wasn't great for him either but <laughs> but like that some people think we all work in different ways some people work in words and like snappy phrase i work in visuals and like sounds and music and stuff so like so yeah so snatch game was always going to be a difficult one but not any much harder than any of the other challenges like at all (laughs) god that might answer the law it's good it's an interview so that's what you're here for (laughs) um one thing i wanted to ask i think someone actually asked this in the questions as well was when you were so suggested that you were going to do you should do Chinese accent Victoria Becker what did you think about that I thought I should because the end the the thing above the headstone is make Rue laugh right like and like so it is I was like okay I should do whatever it takes however then when I came off that chat I looked at the stuff I prepared and I was like I don't know if I can spin this round one quick enough to make it a fully realized character but then from a different continent and also like and all this like type of stuff and I was like and also like it I it just didn't sit right with me to do that and I was like okay well Mariconda then is the compromise because at least there's still an accent <laughs> but it's it's more authentic to how it would be like in a way impersonating a person instead of trying to do an Asian spin on something. So I was like, so all these things are going in my head. So like, I'm like, ah, 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 ah. oh, you're on. Okay. <laughs> and it's, that is literally it. So that's the process. So. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it, it was slightly bizarre, um, <laughs> like suggestion, I thought. But I mean. It, I wish a- I got given another suggestion. Or like a different something, but because, like you said, you do have to make Rue laugh, and if Rue tells you to do something, most we've kind of learned just do it most of the time, unless you're not, if you're not comfortable, don't. But for example, Jumbers completely changed and just did what RuPaul said and just was like a Irish stereotype. And whether you like that or not, because some people didn't like that and thought that it was offensive or whatever, but that's not for that's only for Irish people to talk about not for anyone else but I I was like but Jumbas was just doing what they were told like they were told to do that they made RuPaul laugh and they were in the top or like high that week so also for that like that case as well Jumbas as well the content that they had created already could be easily translated and like you just change the name you just change your vision like so it's easier to do that for mine it was like I would have to think about how a Chinese version of posh would like react to things and like and it was it was a lot more politically complicated and comedically complicated and I was like there's just not enough time to like do this and pep this in this way like I love a challenge I love Rue I think Rue's amazing I get at at being able to go oh how about this and I'm like okay (laughs) like I like that's the whole like ping-ponging thing that they always talk about or volleying is that like 
if you give something, let's try and work with it. And I always, as an artist, I'm very generous in that sense, in that I'm never saying no to something. Um, I will try and figure it out. I'll try and work it out. But then if I can't produce it, then I don't want to be able to like do it even worse. Like, can you imagine like if my, if my marry would deemed bad, how bad that like I could have been if I didn't even prepare anything else to be a Chinese wash mouth. Like, yeah. Like, so there's, there's that a scope of things as well. So yeah. <laughs> it's important. It's really, even people, like you said, even people like Danny struggled and Danny's naturally funny. So it's a very hard challenge. And unfortunately you, you landed in the bottom that week and you were eliminated obviously we um one of the things i wanted to talk about from that episode was the lip sync mm, um, yeah. which was against um black pepper mm-hmm. um one thing i i was when i watched it i'll maybe slightly controversially i think you won that lip sync just my opinion i think maybe until you took the shoes off because we know that rue doesn't like that not my personal opinion but we know that rue has opinions on wigs and shoes coming off. So I just wanted to ask sort of like, can you explain what your thought process was about the reveal with the shoes and that kind of thing? Oh, I love juicy questions. Um, I, so, uh, oh, what was the start of the thing that you just mentioned? Oh yeah, yeah. When, um, yeah, equally, I read loads of comments about that and, and saying that I should have won, or at least like it should have been like both kept type of thing. And yeah, because going into it, I'm going to explain my process. So yeah, I'd already had like different narratives for each song prepared. And it was just so happens as to be like, what is going to line up with which outfit? And that outfit, I was like, oh my God, I do not want to do any lip syncing. My shoes are 12 inches high. Like I'm dragging a heavy four man tent. Like I do not want to lip sync in this. And it just so happens. Whenever anyone wears a 12-inch pleaser, you're going to lip sync. Sminty had to do it for the moth one. And then it's almost like, aha, you're going to wear those shoes. We're going to put you to lip sync. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, God damn it. Um, but, yeah, going into it, um, the week before was musicals. And, obviously, Pepper had no shoes for the entire thing. So I was like, I never never thought about like being barefoot on stage as being a bad thing. And we know that like Rue has hated it from previous episodes, but it's because when queens just take it off for the sake of it. But for me, I was like, I want to do a reveal of like different things. And so it was it was always an inbuilt concept. So I really I didn't really mind about that. Um and I'd kept the shoes on pretty much for two-thirds of the performance. And I was like, I want to do a Sasha Velour homage and like get these like leaves out. So like, but the, w- the only thing that I didn't practice or that I didn't think about was that we'd be stood in those shoes for so long that my feet have compressed these leaves so much. But like, and because they were damp, because I collected them from the night before, uh, that they were just like, it was, I was decomposing leaves in my shoes. <laughs> I was basically a recycling shoe. And I was like trying to get them out. And um, and the face that you see on the, the, the Rue face, where she's like this, <laughs> like trying to look in the edit, is because they're sat so far away. <laughs> and she's actually trying to see what's come out of my shoes. And I was like, it wasn't like a face of disdain. It was more like, what's going on? Because <laughs> even I was going, I need to get these leaves out. And it was all about for me, it's a someone who's gone camping, like having festival fun. You take your shoes off to get in the mud. You literally get your shoot. You get the leaves out and everything. And that was what the whole performance was about. It was about a sense of fun, 
Um, in my head, it was about camping at Glastonbury, waiting for the Spice Girls to come on because there was that rumor around that time and Bell B was there. So I was like, I'm going to do the routine like as I would as, as a thing. And then I'm going to go wild and have fun because I'm at a festival. So, yeah, it was a fully blown concept. But, yeah, I wouldn't have won that either way, that lip sync, though. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, we already knew Pepper was going to win. I already knew Pepper was going to win, regardless of whatever I did. So I was like, I'm just going to have fun, do a nice performance give you a bit of a story, give you different stages of this uh, song and um, and do it in the way that that song requires as well. Because other songs I'd got full on, like snap choreo, hair flicks, like everything which was militant, like let them know, all that type of stuff. Stop. I was like, this is going to be about pure joy and about like childish fun in a field at a festival. So, and I was like, that's it. <laughs> It was a really fun lip sync and I, it was a really cool reveal. And I, I did get the whole, when you, cause it was like leaves and twigs or whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, it's camping. I, I, I got the reference and I thought Pepper is an amazing lip syncer. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be a tough call. But the reason I thought you won it was just because I thought, or at least maybe a double save, a double save, like you said, because you were both giving it, you were both doing really well. You were holding your own against someone who was, a lip sync assassin of the season. And I thought the reveal was actually really cool. We hadn't seen anything like that. And it did give me Sasha Velour Petals vibe. Um, but then when it was the shoes and they showed the Rue face, although you said it was not what was it appeared to be, like it kind of looked like Rue was being a bit like, what? I was like, oh no, I think LaFille's going. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I think from, definitely from that watching it, it looks that way, definitely. But I think throughout... I don't even think Rue looked at me at the entire performance. <laughs> so I think like by the time I went over to that side where like I'm empty this year, I think it literally was like, oh, LaFille's here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you, you did a great performance, but unfortunately you got eliminated that episode. So I was just wondering what your, your run on, on Drag Race, It was it something, was it what you expected it to be? And has it changed your life in any way? It's definitely changed my life. It's like introduced me to so many wonderful people like yourself, all the different followers that I've now got on like social media, like who have been without Jack Race, I wouldn't be able to show art or music. And, and that's what's been so wonderful is to be able to connect with people and a show like that. There's no show like that. There's like, there's no LGBTQ plus show where you can take unknown artists and put them in a wonderful platform to reach so many people worldwide like how wonderful that is um so yeah it's completely changed um and i love i love it for that and i think i've been i'm very thankful for that opportunity so regardless of where we place it was i never really thought about it as i always wanted to go i always want to go further to the end because i want to show what i'm capable of that's the only thing it wasn't about a title of being the the drag queen uh, do you know like that type of ego isn't isn't me i think you can tell us that throughout the show it, like i'm never like in that sense competitive it's more about being able to showcase um so i think as long as i could do that on that show um that would have been good i think it's always difficult trying to have control over your narrative though when you are on a show like that like and for me i sort of viewed it as an artist going on to a project as an appearance and and doing these things to um showcase art and stuff and that's how I approached it so that's why I would never have any like oh my god it did me wrong or like 
like any negativity towards it because it, it, it is a show we all know people leave them each week and i think we've all got such a strong 12 different diverse characters on there that it's a cast it's a full, i view it as a full cast rather than as like people who stay to the end type of thing um and that's the beauty of it like we're all like fab we're gonna go all go on tour and like do everything together that my only like thing about like not reaching a top four thing is the opportunities that top fours get it's like that's the type of stuff i want to be able to go like tour down australia to you know that way and i would love to see outside of our season i would love to see more representation in those shows like not like in terms of uh uk season four but i want to see like um an asian person in the top four i want to see like a person i want to see different expressions of gender like i feel like outside of the show context like there's a lot of areas that things like tours and stuff still need to be improved on in terms of representation. So that's what I wanted to go into the show to do was to represent my story, stories that I've never seen before or like heard before. And, um, and that's always the case for the work ahead is I want to increase that and be that uh, visibility for people as well. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great, like, goal to have and it's, and it, like you were amazing representation for lots of different like for being sort of like non-binary or kind of a bit androgynous and different style and then also the like obviously being like Chinese and then just in wider sense Asian queens we don't have enough representation of, of that so it was amazing to have you on there and you were a really fun person you had showed amazing fashion you you were really good in the performances your lip syncs were amazing so I was like I, I really liked you I thought you were probably the most fascinating of the people on there from an, an artistic point of view because I don't think I'd quite seen someone like you before like quite the other ones although they're all amazing you can see oh that's the campy one that's the you know and they that's the fashion one whereas you were kind of like a mix of all of it. it was just I was it was really fascinating to watch thank you that's really kind <laughs> I love that um so um speaking of kind of you know what happened behind the state behind the scenes and things obviously the name of my channel is drag tea served so I was wondering if you could serve us some drag tea and maybe tell us something that happened behind the scenes or something that wasn't shown that you wish had been shown I feel like I've flooded your cup already <laughs> Like, I feel like I've scolded myself with my tea. I've been spilling it. Um, <laughs> oh, I always say, actually, the girl band challenge, I music is such a massive thing to me, right? I've released music way before Drag Race, like for the last like I've been doing music for so long. And I think when I, even when I applied, I've always said that I was more of like a pop star from Brighouse. Like that was it, like, it was always about music stuff. So I feel like, I would have loved to see more of the the process that I contributed to that week and for the group to win. Like, because if I wasn't doing that choreo of managing the performance, it, we wouldn't have won. <laughs> and like, so it was like, we, I wish there was a lot more of that. Like, I wish we'd seen me like talk about m how music and my upbringing came together with Kathy Dennis. Like, Kathy Dennis, who was the sort of guest contributor or ju not judge, she was helping us out. Um, and she's written Can't Get You On My Head. She's written Toxic. All these amazing songs which have formed part of my history. And I learned English to her, like, when I was a kid. Like, I was three and I used to sing her songs going, Too Many Walls Have Been Built, all that type of stuff that she used to release. And I told her all this and we had this huge conversation about stuff. 
and it wasn't shown. And I was like, oh, so I was like, it is an hour, one hour show. I get it. But like the music side of my artistry is the main thing. So I was like, I was really gutted that I didn't see that from that episode. Um, so yeah, so I wish that, I think, I think that'd be the thing that I wish I saw more of. Um, but I get it, it's one episode and we won. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess it's, it was difficult, especially when, if you were the one that did a lot of the, like the behind the scenes work into for the performance and then you didn't get sort of like the credit for it. It's always difficult because you're kind of like, well, that was, that was me. I, I, we wouldn't yeah. have won if it wasn't for me. It's so. nice that like in, I mean, the, the, the producers were like, at the end of the at, at the end of the day after the film and they were like your team have a lot to thank you for and i was like oh thanks and like and um and dakota the next morning was also like we need to like like applaud the film for this but again like no wasn't shown but i know what we're capable of and what we did and all the people in that studio as well would know so i think that was that was the main thing where i was like yeah it would have been nice to see it but we did good. We did good. <laughs> you did. And I, yeah. And it's great to hear that you, at least your sisters and the other, um, the producers and stuff like really valued that and gave you that recognition. So you know that for yourself, even if we didn't see that in the edit, but you know, like you said, it's a one hour show. So yeah, exactly. um, I'd love to move on to some subscriber questions. Okay. People were, they had lots of, there were loads and loads of questions for you. So, um, the first question, we, we kind of touched on this earlier. We haven't quite talked that much about your musical background. The fact that you are sort of, you were a singer almost first before the drag. And that's like a huge part of your um, your life. Someone mm. said, first of all, they said, hi, LaPhil, how are you? <laughs> um, and then they said, I want to ask you, what is your creative writing process in music? Have you ever had an artistic block and how would you overcome it? Yes, I've had artistic blocks. Oh, my goodness. I... Do you know the the best place that I love writing music is in the shower. Like I I have my best thoughts and everything at three o'clock in the morning in the shower. That's why I named one of my EPs Nightlife was because all the songs I wrote were around that time. Like and um and, and I don't know if it's that process of when you're doing something that doesn't require thought, that like your brain goes into a different space and it's like, oh, this melody is really nice. And it's like, you only want me. And I was like, oh my God. And then I'd be like trying to like sing it to myself. So I remember when I'm towel drying, that I need to get to my voice memos and record it before I forget. So like stuff like that, I think that's always really useful. It's just to not think about it and just step away from it. And you're, it's like a computer. Whatever you see on display isn't just what's happening. Your computer is doing so much stuff underneath it and your brain sort of like that. Like my brain definitely works on music when I'm not thinking about it. So that when I'm accessing it, then it sort of comes out in a way. But for Drag Race, like I wrote a song per runway. So I wrote a whole new song. So on my social reels, like each audio is a new song specifically written for the outfit. And um, so, yeah, so that was a challenge this summer was like, oh, my God, how can I do this in time? Uh, and also like creatively the messages per song, all that type of stuff. So for me, that was a lot of different stimulus to respond to in terms of writing, because like writing a song for, let's say, uh, Punk Week, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can do a punk track. I want to get like quite political about the lyrics. Easy. I like the then for like the hair week, I was like, oh, what can I write a song about? I was like, 
well, my hair is about authenticity and feeling myself and feeling so good. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song about feeling so, feeling so, feeling so, feeling so good and all that type of stuff. So... There's lots of different stimuli you can take from, uh, and that is the beauty about writing and creating. <laughs> Turning something from nothing, like literally just a seed in your head as you're showering your pits, can turn into a three-minute window that you can perform everywhere. <laughs> no, I definitely, I, I, I've definitely had inspiration. Like when you're in the shower or when you're walking and you're not doing something in particular, you're just sat on the train or the bus or or plane. I, I've had ideas when I'm sat on a plane before because you can't do anything. So I, I can relate to that. And <laughs> um, so another question about um, music. Um, someone asked, what's your favourite song from Le Philosophical, which is your album? Ooh, I... Good question, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all my babies. It's like when people ask me which is my favourite runway from the from the show, and I was like, oh my God, they're all my babies. Um, my favourite song, I think, at the moment, is the ones that I'm performing that I did on tour last week. So I, I did an Irish tour, and I performed two of the songs from the new EP, which was uh, Alive and Ying to My Yang. And Ying to My Yang was the song that I wrote for my family resemblance week, which was a video that I did with River Medway, which was like a twin and like as looking similar, but being completely different. So like Ying to My Yang is a really fun disco song that is just really gorgeous pop. And, um, and I love singing that. I love being really sassy with it. But Alive is like um, Lady Gaga-esque, like Mario the Night, power thumping about not resting until you're dead like and it's about being alive and going out there guns blazing getting what you want doing what you want to do and living your life <laughs> so yeah get the philosophical ep i've got the cd out on my website it's just come out and you can stream it on spotify yeah plug you know, great. Go for it. Plug away, please. <laughs> I listen. I listen. I li I've listened to a few of them. And I really liked them. I really like. There was a a few, like you said, there were really there were some very like more really deep feeling ones, and then were also some really pumpy ones. So I was like, I it's like got a bit for everyone. That's what I. Yes. That's what I got from it. <laughs> I always feel like it's you know like the first Spice album from Spice Girls. Like there's so many different styles in it, and I loved that as a kid. I was like, I love the journey, and when I thought about Drag Race, that was the same about the outfits. I was like, there's so much variety of create like outlets of creativity. Why not access like the sound the sonic world of that as well and i was like so to have all those different styles and like that my finale outfit being the kits kintsuge one about the ceramics being pieced together i was like that has to sound industrial it has to sound experimental it has to be like so to be able to explore that as a creator that's what sort of brought me back to life after the whole process of filming was like being able to create these worlds and these music which so privileged to do with my friend lost child he's he, he's been amazing and he was like i'm gonna let's do it let's do it and i was like yes let's do it and we worked non-stop tirelessly and even the week before the finale like week nine was only when i finished the track for the next week and so everything was working down to the wire just to create and i loved it it was such it's been such a good process <laughs> it's obviously you've got a very creative brain and you you've always got something going on and I think that's nice and it's 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 very interesting because I think we don't necessarily have that in drag a lot we do music and drag although there are other drag artists that do a lot of music yours is quite different and I think 
we haven't quite had someone like you before. So that's like amazing representation from lots of different ways that you bring to the table. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and someone asked, we, you actually kind of touched on this earlier. Someone did ask, what was your favourite runway? Ah! <laughs> yeah. They're all my babies. Um, I, another way that I can angle this one is which ones have I worn most since maybe? The ones that won most have been my Ruayu look, the red um, East meets West Chinese superhero, um, who does all the like the Wuzhai films, which um, all the kung fu and flying through the air, and so yeah, I that was one of the looks I wear a lot, and um, and I think the finale performance one as well, I've been wearing a lot for Alive, like you know the the queens are seen stomping the runway, like that much challenge, which I love doing because I was like the choreographer was like, let's put you in the middle. Let's have you like. Let's have you starting and opening the performance. So I was like, "Yay, I'm back!" Yeah, it was really nice. The 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 eliminated queens got to come back for the roast and for the finale, which was really cool because that doesn't always happen. So yeah. I thought that was really nice that you all got a chance to be involved and not just sit there and you know quite often you just sort of you come in and they just sit in the audience whatever but you actually got to do a performance it was so lovely we we were so thankful like i, I know i was anyway that i was like it's so nice to be on to be part of the process because even if like not being in the top four it was actually just re a really nice couple of days to be with everyone sort of see every, how everything goes and to be part of a finale and like so yeah it was a, that was a great experience like to do that and um and so yeah so technically i was only really out of two episodes <laughs> it's true you, you actually you were there for a, a long time so yeah exactly i was there for eight out of ten episodes which is like yeah that's really good yeah and and so the final question is kind of actually relating to sort of that you talked about being there for a lot of episodes so this one is related to your, the the last episode you were there for which was snatch game so someone said um we kind of touched on this earlier. Would you do Posh um, instead for Snatch Game? We've already covered that. But someone, the other part of the question that I thought was quite <coughs> interesting, someone said, do you feel that Asian UK queens might have a disadvantage for Snatch Game? And do you believe in the curse of Asian queens always going home on Snatch Game? There, there might not be a curse, but there is definitely a pattern. <laughs> like, because, it, I mean... We can't dispute the historical facts. That is what has happened on every every time. Like something Wong, River Medway, myself. Uh, oh my god, there's so many from the other franchises as well that I'm like, it. It's not a curse, but it's a pattern. There's like it's de very definitely. And for me, I I sort of just I discussed the fact that it was there's very minimal people to sort of play as an Asian person, and if you play a different race. We, we there's sometimes a dissonance with that and for me i i don't particularly like embodying that i mean even on our snatch game we had um pixie playing shirley like and the discussions about that already like that were in the wet room and i was like i don't want to be part of that discussion either like i th feel like from, th there are times when it works i love panjana doing mariah carey that that is hilarious and it's so good um but the it, for me, it generally, I, I want to use the opportunity to emphasize Asian roles and people because I feel like there's very few Asian people within popular culture anyway. I don't want to play a white person. That is that is the whole point. So there's already such a narrow pool to choose from. And then to be able to find one that works for the context of Snatch Game, it's even smaller. So it's always going to be a challenge for an Asian person.
to do that. Um, that's yeah, it's literally fact. <laughs> like, if you if you're gonna do someone within your race, then yeah, and to try and like emphasize an Asian character is difficult. <laughs> that's very insightful. That's a very interesting. Uh, yeah, because like like you said, people talk about the curse. Not that it's a curse, but like you said, there's clearly a pattern, and it's interesting to sort of think, well, what would the reason be behind that? And like you said, you talk said it's more about the representation. There's not that many Asian characters to play, which is completely true. And then the dissonance if you're playing someone that's not your race, it how, how does that work? It, it, it's a minefield. So it, it's in, it's an interesting debate about how what what the reason is and how we can stop that, I suppose, and make it a fair yeah. ground for everyone. There's so many factors in that because it is like how you approach that challenge as well. And and then also like how you spin your characters and to what level of, not, st- I don't want to use the word stereotypes, but like the, the, the level of characteristics that you do. So there's, there's so many different elements that go into that challenge, which is why it's a difficult challenge generally anyway. Um, and I think it's such, on such a big platform. That's why I don't really take those decisions lightly about who I represent and who I like trying to embody and I'm not just doing it for the whim of it because I feel like that yeah there's conversations about every choice that you make on that show so I always want to make sure that it's like something that I can stick by and there's a reason for it to sort of exist in the world um so yeah <laughs> and I managed to tidy my box of tights whilst I was Marie Kondo on the show as well so <laughs> I was sat on stage like literally tidying my box of tights and I was like <laughs> Kill some time while you're there. You may as well do something <laughs> constructive. Also, <laughs> it was so like, yeah, it was so dumb. It was just such a dumb, like, it's such a fun, dumb challenge. But like, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, I'd love to get onto my um quick fire round of questions. Okay, let me see how quick I can get. <laughs> So it's five silly questions. Some are drag related, some are not, but it's just sort of like first que- first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, so. Harry Bows. <laughs> oh no, you haven't started yet. <laughs> um, lipstick or lip gloss? Lipstick. Lip gloss, my hair attaches to it and it's <laughs> Um, Yes or no, pineapple on pizza. Yes. I'm Chinese. We have pineapple and sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> um, favorite emoji? That one. Yeah. Literally with the eyes going like that. Yeah. Um, Very nice. Cocktail or champagne? Cocktail. <laughs> and can you summarize your drag race experience in one word? Expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It has been lovely speaking to you. And I think people would agree. Yeah, expensive is a great way to it from what what you said. (laughs) Um, Thank you you so much for being on my channel. I've really appreciated it. Um, If people want to find out a bit more about you, you know, where can people find you? And do you have any projects you want to talk about? Yeah, find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at IamLaFill. Every social media is the same tag, so you can use that. Got my website, lafil.co.uk, which has my new merch on there. Got signed prints, got t-shirts, got stickers, got badges. Uh, yeah, and go stream the EP, Le Philosophical, because it is a nice time capsule of the entire experience. Um, so yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> and, if, and if people want to support you with like tips and stuff like that, how, how oh, are they? Yes. 
Yes, please do. If you've enjoyed my entertaining, if you enjoyed the croissants that I stuffed into my tights for, for the big booty challenge, if you enjoyed all that, then tip my croissant ass <laughs> on paypal.me at I am the field. <laughs> I'll put the link. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been lovely to like speak to you. Like I said, you were, I loved you on the season. You were definitely the person that I found the most fascinating and the most intriguing on the season. I really felt like we didn't quite get to see enough of you. And so I think we'd all agree. We'd love to see more of you. So potentially in all stars, if that's in your future, I think we, you know, if you want to, we would all be very happy to see you. <laughs> I would love to do more. I would, I can't wait to be able to, showcase more art and music so i think yeah if that's if that's the avenue you want me in then yeah do the do get those tweets <laughs> do yeah, a start hashtag <laughs> well thank you so much and yeah let's hope that we well, let's hope that the world becomes more le, le, le philosophical <laughs> yes you got it it takes a lot of tongue work doesn't it it's, it's, I, I keep tripping over yeah it's very difficult to say a little bit le philosophical <laughs> 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 thank you so much and yeah let's just let's hope we see more LaFille in future thank you so much Matt and thank you to everyone for their questions and yeah I hope to see you again in a live context soon Mwah. bye bye